listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. We have a lot of Knicks-related content to discuss today. We also have a lot of NBA news to discuss today. But the main topics we're going to discuss on today's show, breaking news, Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz has just been traded, not not to the New York Knicks, but to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's right. Donovan Mitchell is currently a Cleveland Cavalier. We're going to get into that story. Cam Reddish apparently wants out, and he requested out on his birthday. We're going to talk about that too. But before we get into any of those topics, we're going to start this show off right. We're going to start this show off with R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett signed his contract extension. The day, the time that Nick fans, including this one, has been waiting for, has finally arrived. The New York Knicks and their rising star, R.J. Barrett, are in the process of finalizing a four-year contract extension worth up to $120 million. This was reported by Bill Duffy and, of course, Woj from ESPN on Monday night. RJ was eligible for a five-year, $185 million contract extension. The $120 million that we're giving him in this contract includes incentives. That's right. It includes the bonuses. It's not straight up $120 million. It's $120 million with incentives. And these bonuses and his incentives, they're all tied to all-star selections, selections on the three all-NBA teams, and also an NBA all-defensive team selection. So in order for RJ to get his full million contract. He'd have to meet all of these selections that I just told you about. And if he does, he very well could earn up to the $120 million he's worth. And if you're asking us, RJ absolutely will get those bonuses and hit those incentives. Oh yeah, by the way, a star here, RJ's contract, doesn't have any weight clauses. If you want to find that, you're going to have to go all the way to New Orleans because it doesn't exist here. R.J. Barrett becomes the first Nick since Charlie Ward in 1999 to agree to a multi-year contract extension. Now, us here at the Knicks Recap, we'd like to believe that David Lee probably broke it. He signed a one-year deal. I know it's not a multi-year deal, so I get that's why it's not included. 
You could have possibly even said Mitchell Robinson broke it, but he's a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. If you keep looking into this Charlie Ward situation, what you're going to find is there seems to be certain criteria you need to meet in order to, quote-unquote, have broken the curse. So, I mean, say what you want to say. It's still good news because R.J. Barrett was re-signed. Charlie Ward course, broke it, not broke it. Who cares? I don't care. I'm pretty sure a lot of you fans don't care. But what we do care about is that R.J. Barrett is a New York Nick for the next four years. Locked in at $120 million contract last year for the New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett averaged 20 points, 5.8 rebounds, and three assists for this Knicks team. He got better as a defender. He got better at going right. He lessened his turnovers. So overall, year to year, listen to what I'm saying. Overall, year to year, R.J. Barrett has gotten better. Now, I'm going to mention this because I know if I don't mention it, you guys are going to mention it. So let's talk about it. Last year, his three-point percentage dropped. It was 40.1% in the 2020-2021 NBA season. Last season, it dropped to 34.2%. That's definitely a drop-off. So I'm not going to deny that that doesn't exist. But he's gotten better in nearly every other category as a player each year he's played for the Knicks. So you can't just avoid and close your eyes at that information either. You have to take it all as a whole. So now, Knicks Twitter. I've had fans DM me. Certain fans of the show contact me. And they've asked, is the deal fair? Is this a fair deal for R.J. Barrett? Is this a overpay, as some people have been saying, the mid-three? The what? The what? You can't just, you're inventing things to, to, to hurt the Knicks now? You're inventing ways and words and phrases to attack the Knicks? Good job. Really good. Let's go back to the R.J. Barrett, is it an overpay question? Hell no. Hell no. An an overpay? R.J. Barrett is 22 years old and has gotten better each and every single year in the league. R.J. Barrett currently assigned to a $120 million contract over four years. That's about $30 million dollars a year he could be getting if he hits all of those incentives as we've been talking about if so let's discuss that let's say he hits all of his incentives all all of them and he makes all of the 120 million it's still a steal of a signing here's why rj barrett is an ascending young player he's extremely confident and he's, again, he's gotten better each and every year of his career. 
he plays one of the most coveted positions in all of the NBA. He's a wing player. He's a hell of an offensive talent as a wing player, and he's getting better as a defender, as a wing player. And in this league, anybody will tell you, you need strong wings to win. And R.J. Barrett is an ascending wing. So you have to re-sign him. And at $120 million, that's not a bad contract. The contract actually looks even better if you take into account the fact that the NBA cap is going up. So the NBA salary cap currently has been set at $123.655 million. That number is set to increase to $150.267 million. A lot of people aren't even discussing, thinking about, or acknowledging this. You have to acknowledge salary cap increases when you're discussing and analyzing a contract. Four years over 60 million, Mitchell Robinson. Four years over 120, R.J. Barrett. And Jalen Brunson, four-year, $104 million contract. His contract descends. That means it starts out high, and over the course of his contract years, as he's with the Knicks, it goes down. So even if he doesn't reach his potential, but does pretty good, the contract looks even more favorable as it continues to age. If you look at the contracts from this perspective, taking into account salary cap, taking into the fact that the salary cap is going to increase, taking into the fact that some of these contracts start high and get less as they age. If you take all of that in consideration and look at these numbers, I really don't understand how you can probably say that Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, and Jalen Brunson have all been overpaid. I am so happy and ecstatic that not only did we get our point guard in Jalen Brunson, not only did we resign our center in Mitchell Robinson, but we just locked down for the next four years a rising star in this league in R.J. Barrett. It's a great day to be a Knicks fan right now because R.J. Barrett has been re-signed. Hallelujah. Thank you. So happy for R.J. Wish him the best. I think he's going to do wonderful, great things in New York. And mark my words, you have not seen prime R.J. Barrett yet. And I can't wait to see what that looks like. R.J. Barrett is the most beloved Nick since Patrick Ewing. You had to re-sign him. Props to Leon Rose. Props to the front office. Props to every single person who was involved in that negotiation. Because they just handled it extremely well. R.J. Barrett got a great contract. He deserves those dollars. He deserves that money. He's played his ass off for the last few years. It shows, and I'm so happy to say that R.J. Barrett's going to be a Nick for a very, very long time to come. Nick's Twitter exploded today after the announcement of all-star guard 
Donovan Mitchell being traded from the Utah Jazz to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not to the Knicks, but to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, we didn't know what to expect because earlier in the week, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Knicks temporarily walked away from talks with the Utah Jazz after Monday night. A deadline, apparently, Leon had set, stating to the Jazz that a deal needs to get done for Donovan by Monday night. And if it wasn't, that they were going to move forward with you know, the decisions that they wanted to make. They definitely did that because that information was not released until R.J. Barrett was given his contract extension. So with that being said, moving back to the Donovan Mitchell situation, the Cavaliers traded for Donovan Mitchell, and here's what they're sending for Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs are sending Laurie Markkinen, rookie wing, Ochai, I can't even say his last name, so I'm not going to try to, and guard Colin Sexton. Three unprotected first-round picks. Three, 2025, 2027, and 2029. And two pick swaps from 2026 and 2028 for Donovan Mitchell. That's five unprotected picks, potentially. That was sent in the deal to Utah for Donovan Mitchell. Colin Sexton also agreed to a four-year, $72 million sign-and-trade deal to join the Jazz. So let's back this up really quickly. The Cavs sent five unprotected picks, potentially. Three players one of which is Colin Sexton, who's agreeing to a sign-in trade worth up to $72 million for four years, which works itself to be around $18 million a year, with the Utah Jazz. And according to reports, the Jazz are not looking to flip Sexton in this deal for more assets. They're looking to hold on to him. This deal more or less transforms Cleveland into a locked-in playoff team. You got Darius Garland. You got Donovan Mitchell. You got Jared Allen. You got Evan Mobley. You got Karis LeVert. You have so many players in Cleveland right now. A young, growing core. And they just added Donovan Mitchell to that core. That's a really good addition to a really fun-looking young Cavs team. But that was a lot, a lot of compensation to give up. Let's flip it in a way here. If the Knicks wanted to do this deal, they might have likely needed to part ways with Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Quickly. On top of that, they would have had to include three unprotected first round picks and they were only willing to give up two on top of that the Cavs gave them two unprotected pick swaps so that might have likely been on the table so essentially the deal for the Knicks side 
might have been R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, three unprotected first-round picks, maybe a protected pick, and maybe a pick swap. All of that was likely needed to get you Donovan Mitchell. And we have fans complaining that we didn't make the deal? You're complaining because we didn't give away R.J. Barrett? We didn't give away a growing guard in Quentin Grimes? You're upset about that? And I love the people on Twitter and the media who's saying, oh, well, the Knicks are collecting all of these picks. They must be using them for something. Have the picks gone anywhere? I didn't see them go anywhere. The picks are still assets. They're still needed. You think Donovan Mitchell is going to be the only star that wants to move? He's not. There are going to be other players and other stars. Now, don't get it wrong. Don't misquote me. Don't think I'm going crazy here. Would I have liked to see Spider in a New York Knicks outfit? Uniform? Would I want to see him play at the Garden? Call the Garden his home? Kid raised from New York? Absolutely, I want that. This is not a knock on Spider. He's a great player, an amazing player. And I absolutely wanted him on the Knicks. I'm not going to deny that. But I'm also not going to sit here and say that I'm upset that we didn't give away R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, five basically unprotected first-round picks for one player in Donovan Mitchell, who, if added to the Knicks team, gets you playoffs probably, but who knows what else? So I am in 100% agreement with Leon Rose in the front office. I would not have done that deal either. I would not have given up R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, and five essentially unprotected first-round picks. I would not have done that. That sounds ludicrous. It sounds crazy. He's going to help the Cavs. He's going to make the Cavs better. I still think that they overpaid for him in terms of the assets and players that they gave away. Colin Sexton has a ceiling. We don't know how high it is. He might just be a really good scorer. Or maybe it's a little bit more to his game. We don't know. It's going to be fun to watch that. Him signing the $72 million extension, though, if Utah does keep him, I don't know. Utah did get a lot back for Donovan Mitchell. I'll give him that. Danny Ainge worked his magic and got the deal he wanted. And if you listen to the show, I mentioned to you beforehand that I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to leave Utah unless Danny Ainge feels he's gotten a haul for him. And five first-round picks that are unprotected, essentially? And you get three really good players, a really good player in Colin Sexton, for $72 million? When he was originally asking for the max? Listen to this. After doing all of the trades with Rudy Gobert and now Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz 
this franchise has 13 unprotected or lightly protected first round picks through 2029. From my understanding, Utah is not done yet. They're going to continue trying to offload their veteran players, try to stay and get young, kind of like what Ainge did with the Celtics, and build up from the ground. That's essentially what he's doing. And you can see it as clear as day. New York had the assets that the Cavs wanted. Remember that. We had them. We still do. But we were not going to give up all of that draft asset for a player in Donovan Mitchell. We were just not going to do it. Especially to this Knicks team, if you added him, he makes you better, probably locks you in as a playoff team, but definitely doesn't put you in contention to win a championship. He might attract other stars, and I get that argument as well, too. I've even made it here as well myself. But the asking price for Donovan Mitchell was too high. And that had a lot to do with the Rudy Gobert trade that broke the matrix and essentially caused the situation we're in today. Way too much value for an amazing player, but just way too much value. I'm extremely happy the New York Knicks walked away from this deal. Other front offices in the past would have never walked away from this deal. They would have done everything and anything to get Donovan Mitchell. Maybe for you, not going after and getting each and every star, no matter what it costs, maybe that for you is a problem. But for me, it's been a hell of a long time since I've seen a front office say no to a star player for the Knicks in forever. I can't remember. The Knicks made the right decision here. They didn't give up a ton of assets for one star player. Other front offices in the past for the Knicks would have absolutely done that. But not Leon Rose. Leon Rose is built different. And God damn, am I happy that he is. Let's move on to Cam Reddish. So Cam Reddish's birthday was recent. Happy birthday, Cam. Uh, he's 23. <laughs> he's 23 years old. So he's still very, very young. Obviously has a lot of upside. But there was a report recently that came out. That report was from Mark Berman of the New York Post. And in that report, we were told that due to lack of playing time and the Lakers' looming interest, that Cam Reddish prefers to be moved from the Knicks. Now, that was the report from Mark Berman. I want to say maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so after that report came out and people started talking about it, Cam Reddish replied to somebody on Twitter and essentially said, what are you talking about? I didn't request a trade. And laughed about it. Now, he didn't acknowledge it beyond that point, but he still basically mentioned and laughed at the fact that people were saying that he wanted out, he wanted to be traded. But yet, he doesn't acknowledge that. He doesn't say that. 
And he clearly is laughing about it because he doesn't believe it's true. Cam Reddish has a hell of a lot of upside. That boy can play. He's young. He's been a bit injured over his NBA career and hasn't really been able to put a full season in so we can see what he can do. And I think we owe it to Cam to give him the opportunity to put in the time, put in the work, give him some minutes, and see what happens. So so I absolutely think Cam has a high upside. I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And I think if given consistent playing time, he can be a force. But that consistent playing time is what the issue is. This Knicks team, as presently constructed, does not have enough resources available in terms of time to give to Cam. Cam Reddish will not see any time on this Knicks team as presently constructed. He absolutely either needs to find another place to play or they have to open up minutes for him in New York. And I still think we haven't seen enough of Cam. I like Cam. I would rather we hold on to Cam and start dialing those phones really quick and see if anybody would take Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. Because if you move those two players, you open up a pathway for Grimes, Obi Toppin, and Cam Reddish to get more minutes. Immediately. Immediately. If I want to get Obi Toppin to play more minutes, as was reported by the Athletics' Fred Katz, I have to make moves in order to free up time for these players. Do you want to play Julius Randle and Evan Fournier over Grimes, Cam Reddish, and Obi Toppin? If the answer to that is no, then you have to be on the phone with everybody and anybody to see what you can move these guys for. And I think the Knicks have absolutely been doing that. I think they have been on the phone with a lot of teams trying to figure out where does Randall fit? Does Phoenix want him? What does Evan Fournier fit? Do the Lakers want him? But if you move those two, you clear an opening pathway for Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, and Quentin Grimes to play more minutes. And I would absolutely bet so much money that most Knicks fans would rather see Cam, Obi, and Quentin Grimes have more minutes in play rather than seeing Randall and Fournier play. I'm just saying. I'm just being real. That's what it is. So I believe the Knicks from now until training camp will be on the phone looking for the best deals for Evan Fournier and Julius Randle. And they will make a deal happen if they find one that's favorable. If they don't, they will continue to ride this roster out. I believe that. But if they find a deal that works for both parties, 100% they will move Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. They just have to find the right deal. All right, to close today, I want to talk about Leon Rose. He's been getting a hell of a lot of hate. A lot of you fans are calling for him to be fired. 
you want his head, you don't like him, you don't respect him anymore. You thought that since he was hired from day one, his job was to get Donovan Mitchell. He had an opportunity to. Donovan Mitchell was here, ready to go. We wanted to come to New York, apparently. And we didn't get it done. So a lot of fans are shitting on my man Leon. Wanting him fired, wanting his head, not wanting him to be running the Knicks anymore. Why? Oh, because he didn't sign Donovan Mitchell? He didn't give up five unprotected first-round picks, potentially, along with three really good players for one player? That's why you want to condemn him? How about re-signing R.J. Barrett to a friendly four-year, $120 million deal? How about solving the Knicks' point guard problem and bringing in the best point guard we've had for the better part of 10 years now, 10 years and going, in Jalen Brunson? Oh, wait, how about re-signing our defensive anchor in Mitchell Robinson this offseason? How about adding one of the best rim protector big men in the league today in Isaiah Hartenstein joining the Knicks, which is an underrated signing that doesn't get talked about enough. Leon Rose has done all of these things. And you could make the argument that all of these moves have helped the Knicks become better for a various amount of reasons. The most notable one is the upgrade at point guard, which we absolutely needed. RJ has never seen a legit point guard in his entire time he's played with the Knicks. Alfred Payton, Point Julius, and Kemba Walker. These are the point guards that RJ Barrett had to work with. This is the first time we're going to be seeing. R.J. Barrett paired with a legit point guard. I don't know about you, but I am very excited and happy to see that. But moving back to Leon. Do I think Leon Rose deserves the hate? I don't. Because if I was in his position, I would have done the exact same thing. And I need to say that again. If I was Leon Rose in this situation and that same deal was offered to me, I would have done the same thing and turned it down because you can make the argument that making a trade that massive for this Knicks team makes you a little bit worse and puts you back, not forward, but puts you back a step. So. I think Leon Rose gets way too much hate. Doesn't show his face in the media, says Stephen A. Who cares? Talk about him. He's going to hear you. Why does it matter if you have to see him? I, I, I get so sick and tired of Stephen A's whole, oh, Leon Rose is hiding bit. Just 
enough. Stop. Leon Rose is probably the best person the Knicks have had running the organization in a in a very long time. I can't even remember the last person that I felt had a good hold over the organization. Now, I do want to point some things out. We have a lot of assets. And while it's great to have assets and continuing to add assets and gain more assets, at some point, we're going to have to use them. So I hope that we do use these assets for a player, a star player, at some point soon. But here's my thing for Leon. And Leon, I hope you're listening. Here's what I want. And if you do this, based on all the moves you've already done, I will give this offseason by Leon Rose a grade A. A grade A. If Leon Rose can remove Julius Randle and Evan Fournier from this team without giving away first-round picks, and you get something decent or acceptable back while also creating a pathway for more minutes for Cam, for Quentin Grimes, and for Obi Toppin, Leon Rose will get an A in my book. An A. Because that's essentially what's needed. He needs to be able to create more time and minutes for our young players. Thanks for joining us, everybody, today for another episode of The Knicks Recap. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Until next time, Nick fans, peace. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.